We're living in very interesting times. Don't you think? I don't think in my 26 years of existence <laughs> I have seen such chaos, such difficulties, such strife and such anger. And it would seem the more I look into the future, the more I anticipate that's probably going to increase, not decrease. In fact, I think the backdrop or the soundtrack to our lives is one of weariness. People are tired of kind of trying to keep going, trying to make the best of every day and every situation. And right in the middle of that, we're invited to celebrate. And we're here tonight to celebrate something worth celebrating. And the fact is that in spite of the state of our world, our God is good. In spite of the state of our lives, our God is full of goodness. And as I think about that and I think about Christmas, I realize there could never be a better time for the message of celebration and joy and fullness to come than right smack bang in the middle of what has been a bleak midwinter thus far. Politically, it's been tricky, hasn't it? Economically, it's been stretching. Emotionally, I think it's been taxing. And yet, the joy of the Lord becomes a strength to those who find relationship with Him. And we at this time of year are here to celebrate that God has come into our weary world and brought His wonder with Him, that we may wake up to love and may be restored to hope and that our lives may come into partnership with the God who can make all things new. God is simply breathtaking at changing lives. You know, it's not even that our circumstances change sometimes, it's just that our perspective changes because we hang out with somebody who has the answer to all the questions. I find sometimes God doesn't remove my problems from me, He just replaces them with promises that He will stay with me through the midst of them. And somehow that seems to be enough. Even though life isn't always perfect, the one who is perfect is living with me and living inside of me. And tonight I want to take you to a scripture, just take a few moments of your time to prepare your heart for all that God wants to do in and through you over these next couple of weeks as we head towards what is the greatest celebration of all, and that is Jesus, our Savior, has come into our broken world. In 1 John 1, verses 1 to 4, it says this, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you that we have seen and heard, so that you may also have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. What we're hearing from 1 John chapter 1 is really the story of the nativity. It doesn't have all the usual characters that are usually in all of our understanding of what nativity looks like. But actually at the central message of this is the reality that God has rescued us from our sin. The first thing I want to highlight to you is this. The God that he's mentioned here had and has always had an eternal plan to redeem man from the foundations of the earth. God is not in a hurry to get to you because he's waited an awful long time throughout history for us to be restored to him. 
And when you thought that God wasn't up to something, can I guarantee you, he has never slept and he has never slumbered regarding your life. God has always been intentional about restoring you to relationship with him. God had a plan from Exodus right through to Revelation. In just about every book of the Bible, we see the redemption story of Christ afforded to us through different characters and different situations, different time frames and different parts of history. But God at work in this world to redeem you and me to him. Why is that good news to us? Because we want to celebrate tonight that God has always had it covered. Your debt has always had a supply. Your need has always had someone who wanted to give that to you. And you don't have to worry tonight that you have to find your way to God. Can I promise you this? God has always been trying to find his way to you. The Bible teaches us that Jesus came to seek and to search out that which was lost. Is there anyone here tonight who's been found? How good is it to be found? Come on, give the Lord a cheer. It says that which we have heard. Do you know that there are 300 Bible verses, 3,000 Bible verses, sorry, promising that the Messiah would come. And 574 of them are directly about his salvation work. All the way through the stories of the Bible, God had been reminding us, speaking to us through various people at various times that he had not forgotten his people. He had not forsaken those that had forsaken him. I am really delighted that God doesn't just pronounce promises, he keeps them. That when God says something, he means it. And when he means it, he does it. And tonight I stand before you as somebody who had no idea that God cared a jot about my life. But all the way through my upbringing, he was crouching at the door of my experience, waiting for an opportunity to come and make himself known to me. My life has never been the same since I have discovered the intentionality, the passion and the purpose of God to redeem me. John says here, we have seen it with our own eyes. And you say, how can that be, be true? Well, in this case, they did actually see Jesus with their own eyes. But you know, I have seen Jesus with my eyes. I have watched Jesus take broken lives and transform them beyond all recognition. I've watched Jesus get involved with people who perhaps I wouldn't choose to be involved with. And there's something about his love and something so amazing about his heart that somehow those people start to wake up from the cold. They began to warm towards him. Their lives changed. Their minds changed. Their vocabulary changed. And before they knew where they were, they were caught up in an environment like this because they could see, as I have seen over the years, that Jesus is real. If you want to know the evidence of God, Look at the lives that God is changing. Look around you and see that drug addicts are coming off heroin. Do you know all over this nation, drug addicts are coming off heroin. Aren't you grateful to God? You know, we heard a story recently of a young man who came to this church and he'd been caught up in the, in the gun and the knife crime here in London. And somebody chatted to him at, a, at a, a, a station. And before she knew where she was, he was coming to church on the Sunday. He turned up on the Sunday and he gave his heart to Jesus. God is always working in and around our lives. Just open your eyes, you'll see him. He's always at work in the human soul, bringing people back into relationship with him. And then John says, this which we proclaim. In other words, our only message is that Christ has come. Our only hope is that he's here with us. And our only reality is that God who promised would do what he said he would do. For everything about the gospel is good news. It's good news for you because it gives you a possibility of having a life restored with Christ. 
It's good news to you because it deals with the problem of your sin. Have you ever noticed that about yourself? You're actually a sinner. Nudge somebody and say, I think he's talking to you. The Bible teaches us that all of us have sinned. We've all done wrong. We've thought wrong thoughts. We've acted selfishly. We've acted indifferently to people around us. We have all sinned. But the good news for all of us sinners here tonight is we now have a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our good news. The fifth thing he says is the life appeared. In other words, Jesus turned up in our world. He turned up in our world so that we could come into his world. Jesus came so that we could have relationship with the Father. Do you know your greatest desire above everything that you think is your greatest desire is the fact that you want to be loved unconditionally? Do you know you've done all kinds of things to find that kind of love? You've hung out with all kinds of people who promised you that reality and they never could fulfill what they promised. There is but one who can love you unconditionally. There is but one whose love is perfect for you in every which way possible. That one I speak of is Jesus Christ, the manifestation of the love of God here in the flesh, dying on a cross that I might live in relationship with God. And you know it says at the bottom, that we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard. And this is the reason why John says these words, so that, so that you may also have fellowship with us. In other words, there's room for others at the table of grace. God has an open heart to anyone who will offer him their life. And when you offer him your life, he will make sure that you gain his life. Jesus said these words in John 10.10, 10. they absolutely floor me every time I hear them because it's everything every human soul has ever looked for in all the wrong places. He says, I have come that you may have life and life in all its fullness. And John finishes that little phrase with this, I write this to you to make our joy complete. There is no greater joy for me tonight. It's great to hear the music and all the wonderful talents and all the great things that we've experienced this day. But you know what would make this night the best night ever for me? If somebody here for the first time said yes to Jesus. If somebody here suddenly got over that self-consciousness and said, I need God to do for me what he's been doing in these other people's lives. If somebody moved past the sense of insecurity and said, God, I need to depend on you because I have nowhere else to look and no one else who's coming. You're the only one who came looking for me. If there's somebody here tonight who wants to move out of brokenness and step into their royal priesthoodness and become beautiful in the eyes of God. If there's someone here tonight who wants to leave behind shame and to pick up hope as they leave this room and step into Christmas time. And somebody who tonight is so troubled in their heart by all that they've been through and all that they've experienced can go home tonight knowing that they have a peace which is not the absence of problems but the presence of a God who delights in them and loves them unconditionally. What would make my joy complete tonight and I think what would make Christ's joy complete tonight is that somebody here tonight would say yes to all of his invitations to have relationship with him. If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus, please don't go home without accepting him in your heart. He is the best thing that ever happened to us. And we're not ashamed of that. We've been singing about it, rejoicing about it. The songs are great, but I pray that God will put a new song in your heart and it'll be a song of joy and peace and fullness and blessing. Don't allow yourself the luxury of thinking you can do without that, though you don't need that. We all need to be loved that way, and we all need to be completed by him in that reality. So I'm going to pray for you, 
And I'm going to pray that you would give your heart to Jesus tonight. And if you're here tonight and you've walked with God and you've got a little bit distant, this is your night too. Why don't you come on home? We've got room around the table for you. We've missed you. The Father loves you. He wants you back in relationship with Him. Please don't be distant with Him when He's done everything to reach out to you. So let me pray for us as we draw our thoughts to a conclusion. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, the God of the universes who came down in the midst of our weariness and brought hope to a broken humanity. We thank you, Lord God, that it is indeed right for us to celebrate tonight. We're rejoicing not in ourselves, not even in our politicians, not even in a world, Father God, where things need to change or alter, but we're rejoicing in the reality that you, God Almighty, has come to rescue us. Thank you that you turned up declaring a brand new life for each one who will receive it from you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that this Christmas you want to make our hearts your home. We thank you, Jesus, that you've always had a plan to redeem us all the way through the Bible. Consistently and persistently, you've done everything in your power to reach humanity. And eventually you sent your son, Jesus, as a perfect demonstration of who you truly are, God. The God of love who died on a cross so that sins could be forgiven and lives could be healed and changed, that we could have relationship with you. We thank you, Lord, that our eyes can see you at work all around us. You're doing great things in other people's lives. But Lord, my prayer tonight is that you would do something in me. God, let the evidence of your love begin to transform my mind. Father, we have but one message in this church, and that's Christ and Christ crucified and Christ and Christ glorified. You are our only hope, Jesus. We place you at the center of everything. You are the rock of our salvation. You are the only one who makes sense of this life. And Lord Jesus, tonight we pray that you would become as real to others as you are to us. Let the manifestation of your presence, Lord, be that our hearts are warmed and suddenly our lives are being transformed. And I thank you, Jesus, that you came for everyone. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And Father, I thank you tonight that the only thing that truly makes your heart gladdened is not that we're singing songs about you. That's good, Lord God, but there's something so much more you want for us. You want us, Lord, to give our hearts and our lives every part of who we are to you. And the reason for that, Lord, is you want to give us every part of who you are. You promised us life and life in all its fullness. Now, while you've got your eyes shut, if there's anyone here tonight who wants to offer Jesus the opportunity to come into their heart and into their life for the first time, while people have their eyes shut tight and no one's really looking at you, but God sees your heart and knows exactly this is your moment, why don't you place your hand in the air for me so that we can pray for you a little bit more effectively. And if you could turn the lights up slightly, that would help a little bit with that. Thank you. Just lift your hand on up if you want to accept Jesus' offer of a new life. <coughs> thank you, I see your hand. Over here on the left, thank you, I see your hand. Up in the balcony, thank you, I see your hand. There are hands going up all over the place. Father, we thank you tonight for the lives that you're beginning to move on, for the things you're beginning to do for these people, Lord. We thank you that you're cleansing them from their sin and you're bringing them back into relationship with you. We pray, Lord Jesus, that every single one of them, I know they already bring joy to your heart, but they would make our joy complete as we welcome them, Father, into the family of God. Father, we bless them. Let your Holy Spirit be poured out on them tonight, Lord. Let the blood of Jesus cleanse them from all unrighteousness. 
And Father, give them a hope at this time of year that isn't seasonal but consistent. For you are the hope of this world, Lord Jesus. Let the life that Christ has promised them become available to them right now in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen.